chapter number 4, page 262, if you have a King James Bible. Amen. Again, it is good to have all of our guests with us today. Thank you so much for being here. Joshua chapter 4, verse number 1. And it came to pass when all the people were clean, oh, passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take ye twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe of man. Command ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priests each stood firm, twelve stones. And ye shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe of man. Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God to the midst of Jordan, and take up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. Now I want you to listen to this verse. Everybody listen to this verse. That this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for memorial until the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded, took up twelve stones out of the midst of, the Jordan, of Jordan as the Lord spake unto Joshua according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, carried them over with them unto a place where they lodged and laid them down there. Now I want you to notice verse number 9. And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of Jordan in the place where the feet of the priests were, which by the Ark of the Covenant stood and are there unto today. On this Memorial Day Sunday, I want to preach with the help of God on the first memorial. The first memorial ever built. It is the law of first mention. And so, the law of first mention says, when God says something the first time, then it just it, the idea case through the whole Bible. This is our first memorial. Let's pray. Now, don't you be seated. I'm going to show you a presentation. It's about five or six, and this is in honor of all those that are here today that served our country. We'll recognize you after the presentation. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask uh, Dean Barry, would you please lead us to a throne of grace? Amen. You can be seated. I want you to watch this memorial. Amen. All this is remembrance of those who served the country. Remember today, we've come in the Word of God. The Bible saying, verse number 6, 
that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in times to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? He said, Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off from before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be a memorial to the children of Israel forever. The Lord enjoyed light, instituted memorials, if you will. All through the Word of God, there are memorials mentioned in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. I love that one where a, a, a lady walks in during the midst of supper time. She breaks an alabaster box and begins to anoint him for his death. Of course, the crowd there said, Why is all this waste? Jesus said, You leave her alone. I like that. Amen. He said, You leave her alone. She is doing this to my burying. And he said, and, and he said, This shall be a memorial unto her every time these words are preached. So the Lord was interested in memorials. And as we celebrate Memorial Day, it's originally called Decoration Day. Day when we remember those who died in service to the uh, United States of America. Let me just say this nobody likes war, but I sure love freedom. Are you listening? I'm not one of these kind that says that's all over and play dead. I like my freedom, amen. And and if I had to go, I'd go because I believe in freedom that God has given us that we have in this nation. It originated originally followed the Civil War when they honored the Union and Confederate soldiers. As a matter of fact, 498,000 men and women died in that dreadful war. And so today, we honor all those Americans who died in military service, those dead and those alive. I read this the other day and was so moved. And uh, it's called The Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Those who guard this tomb make 21 steps in honor of a 21-gun salute, the highest honor given to any military or foreign dignitary. They wait 21 seconds before turning. They carry the rifle on the shoulder away from the tomb. They change every 30 minutes, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. I thought this was really interesting. By the way, this would discount most of us here. They must be 5'10 to 6'2, and the waist size cannot exceed 30 inches. They must commit two years of life to the guard. They live in barracks under the tomb. They cannot drink any alcohol on or off duty for the rest of their lives. They cannot swear in public for the rest of their lives. 
They cannot disgrace the uniform by fighting or any other way. After two years, the guard is given a wreath pin that's one on his lapel signifying they served as the guard of the tomb. There are only 400 presently worn. They must obey the rules for the rest of their lives or give up their pen. Their shoes are specially made with a metal heel plate in order to make the lounge click as they come to a halt. There's no wrinkles, no folds, no lint on the uniform. The first six months of duty, a guard cannot talk to anyone nor watch TV. All off-duty time is spent studying the 175 noble people that are laid rest at Arlington Cemetery. They must memorize the names of everybody buried there and where they're placed. Those like President Taft, Joe Lewis, the boxer, Audie Murphy, the most decorated soldier of World War II. They spend five hours a day getting their uniform ready. Some people think the cemetery, when the cemetery is closed, the show stops. But first, you have to understand these men are dedicated to a charge of honor. It's no show. The formality... The precision continues uninterrupted all night. During the night time, the drill of relief and measured steps of the on-duty sentry remain unchanged from the daylight hours. The steadfastness of this post is the key to the honor and respect shown to the honored dead. The steady rhythmic step in rain, sleet, snow, hail, heat, cold goes on uninterrupted. Hurricane Isabel come through. Uprooted trees, power lines, everything. The commander of the U.S. 3rd Infantry sent word to the sentry to secure post and seek shelter. They disobeyed the order. During the winds that turned up vehicles and everything, the measured steps continued. They said the guard, the tomb was just was not just an assignment. It was the highest honor that can be afforded to a service person. Tomb has been patrolled continuously, twenty four seven since nineteen thirty. I said all of that to say. If God Almighty would give us the first memorials, how important are they to you and I? And how that we treat these memorials? I believe these memorials become the pattern for all of us. The reality is they're so very simple, we, we tend to overlook them so often. Craig M. Watts wrote concerning the memorial, On this occasion we're called upon to remember and respect those who have died, those whose days are gone. It's no surprise to us that many people do not reflect upon the past during this holiday anymore than they do any other day. In our age of ever-accelerating change, 
We don't tend to look to our past for our wisdom. We view, we view what has been as largely irrelevant. The ancients are not our models. We place little value in tradition and inherited customs. So when Memorial Day rolls around, our thoughts do not automatically turn to the past or to the departed. I hate to say this, but the truth is, most look at Memorial Day as a three-day holiday. Another time to go on vacation. Another time to go somewhere. And we failed to remember what it's all about. And somehow or another, we've lost that. Two things about the story today that I want you to get. First of all, we see in the text a seen memorial. And Joshua said, Take you twelve men out of people, out of every tribe of man. He said, I want you to go out there in the middle of the Jordan River. He said, I want every man to pick up a stone. Must have been a pretty large stone because they were to carry it on their shoulders. And he said, I want you to take it to where you're lodging. We need to understand the lodging at Gilgal. And Gilgal becomes a very instrumental place for the children of Israel. And he said, there, I want you to build a memorial that everybody can see. May I say today, you and I, or a memorial, if you will, know ye not that your body's a temple of the Holy Ghost? And you and I, if you will, become the visible thing that's seen in a lost and a dying world. We find here they were to go and they were to set this monument up at Gilgal. But what was Gilgal? Why was that important? <coughs> First of all, it was a place of identification and separation. Now, we, we, don't, we don't talk about this much in our custom, but it was not something unheard of there. In Joshua chapter 5, it came to pass when they had done circumcising all the people that, that they abode in places in the camp till they were whole. Children of Israel had come out of Egypt and they were headed to the promised place that God had given them. During their travels in the wilderness, there were children, young men born, who had not been circumcised. Let me explain this this way. Circumcision was God's way of identifying and separating the children of Israel from all the other nations in the world. It was a symbol of identifying and separation. We find that when they got to Gilgal, before they could enjoy the blessings of the promised land, before they could get what God had, God said, you're going to have to circumcise all those that's not been as a symbol of identifying 
and separation. And so, our memorial for this, for you and I, is this. It is baptism. <coughs> what we do when we baptize as a symbol, and we'll baptize next Sunday, we're buried in His death and raised in His likeness. Baptism becomes a symbol of what God has done in the heart. And the children of Israel here, He said, I want you to build a memorial that reminds everybody who you are and what God's done for you. He said in 2 Corinthians 6, 17, By the way, this is still true. Wherefore, come out from among them, be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you. You shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. John 8, 36, And the Son therefore shall make you free. You're free indeed. Amen? So the first thing it did was, the memorial that was seen place of identification and a place of separation. And it wasn't so much for that generation. It was for the next generation that's coming up. Can I ask you a question, sir? How much God are you showing your children? How much, what kind of memorial are you building for them? What are you? What can they look at, and can they look to you and say, "What? Why do we go to church every Sunday?" Well, we had to. Well, Mama makes us go. Come, memorial you building? Hey, Dad, why do we go to Sunday school and? Choir practice on Sunday night. Why do we go to church all the time? Well, some we, we, we go there because we want to learn about Jesus. We want to learn about the things of God. We want to, learn, we want to get a song in your heart. What kind of memorial are you leaving the next generation? We're all putting some memorials up, aren't we? We're putting memorials up in our lives. We're putting memorials. Well, I remember, I, I was thinking about this. My, my dad never served in armed forces. But I praise God my daddy done some things. When my daddy got saved, I'd catch him reading his Bible in the bedroom. He had, we, we, had, we had devotions at night. Uh, on Sunday morning, I'd see him and, and get his tithing envelope and fill it out and put in his Bible. And I watched that. You know what he's doing? He's building the memorial for some youngins that's watching what he's doing. He's a building memorial. Oh, Joshua said, listen, God said, I want you to build a memorial and I want everybody to sit so when them kids come by and say, hey, Dad, hey, Paul, Paul, why's, that, why's them stones doing there? I, I'm amazed as I have raised grandchildren. If they ain't got 10,000 questions, they don't have one. I love it. I don't get aggravated with that. I, I like to, 
to be in a place where I can teach them. And, and I want them to listen. And, and he said, Son, what, Dad, what's them stones standing up over there? What, what do they mean? And Dad could say, Well, let, come here, son. Let me, let me tell you. He said, We was across the Jordan River. And we had to cross over. And, and as a matter of fact, the, the, the Jordan River was overflowing. But when the priest put his foot with the Ark of the Covenant, the waters parted. And he walked out to the center of it. And we all went over on dry ground and said, Son, son, them stones mean that God, that God is great enough to part the waters. We can walk over on dry ground. Is that what they mean? Yeah. Hey, son, it means that we are not like the world. That we are not live from the same principles of the world. It means that we don't live and we don't talk like the world. We don't act like the world. We don't live for the same goals that the world does. What kind of memorials are you building? Every dad and every mom look this way now. I'm going to play in a minute. Every mom and every dad is building some kind of memorial to your sons and your daughters. Hey, grandparents, don't you think we're going to get out of this thing? Every grandfather, every grandmother is building a memorial to our children and our grandchildren. We're building a memorial. Here was a sign, place of identification. But Gilgal was something else. Gilgal was where the Passover was celebrated. In Exodus 12, 12. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and I'll smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both men and beasts, against all the gods of Egypt, and I'll execute judgment from the Lord. And the blood shall be for you a token upon the house where you're at. And when I see the blood, I like this, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And a plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. You shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generation. You shall keep it as a feast for an ordinance forever. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, I want you to erect a monument so I want you to remember the Passover. I want you to celebrate. What was the Passover? Passover was the night that God said the death angels are coming through. And the firstborn of all the land is going to die. How many of you are the firstborn child in your family? Raise your hand. Okay, you need to listen intently because it would have been you. That night it would have been you. Are you listening? And, and the Bible says, now dad... So once you get a lamb, put it up for 14 days. Don't you inspect it thoroughly. No, on that 14th day, you get everybody to the house. I like this. Have them dressed, get their shoes on, ready to go. And he said, you put the blood on the lintels and on the doorpost. Can I tell you this? There wasn't no blood put down there on the bottom because you're not going to trample on the blood of Jesus. Amen? He said, at midnight, the death angel's going to come through. And when he sees the blood... 
And he'd say, when I see your good works, when I see what you believe, when I see what you think, when I see your money, when I see your works, when I see it, he said, if I see the blood, I'll pass over you. And if I don't see the blood, I'm going into thy house. And I'm going to snatch away the firstborn. I'll snatch it away. That night, from the kings all the way down to the cattle, the firstborn in the land, and the cries and the wails filled the land. Some mamas come out holding their firstborn and weeping because the blood had. He said, I want you to build a memorial and remember. You said, what's that for us? Let me tell you what that's for us. One day as an 11-year-old boy at Oakers Grove Baptist Church, I was lost and undone. I went to church that morning, the preacher preached on the prodigal son. Paul Robinson was preaching that Sunday. He went on to be with Jesus a few months ago. And uh, he preached on the prodigal son. How that prodigal saw it good for nothing. I said, Amen. Preach it, preacher. That's because that wasn't me. That wasn't me. That's my brother. Robert, I hope you're listening. That's my brother. Amen. Preach it, preacher. Preach. But then he did something. He said, Let me talk about the boy that stayed at home. The good son. He's as lost and as sorry as that prodigal. And he's going to hell. That's oh God, that's me. Oh God, that's me. He said he he done everything his father wanted done, but he's still going to hell. That's oh God, that's me. That's me. And he in the same blood to save the prodigal. Has God saved him? I said, Lord God, that's me. That's me. And that day, the blood of Jesus was applied to my heart. God said, don't forget that. Build a memorial. Some of you forgot when you got saved. And if everything I read is right, there's some preachers read, say 75% of the people sitting here this morning is lost on the road to a devil's hell. Some are playing church. Some of you got no more love for God than nothing. You cuss like a sailor. You're greedy. You're mean on the junkyard dog. And the truth is, you're just not saved. There's not been no change. You have no desire for anything spiritual. I'm not talking about being out of the will of God. I'm just talking about there's never Miss Ellen's dad sat here one Wednesday night. He's a deacon in his church. Taught a Sunday school class in his church. Now on a Wednesday night, I had no idea. He helped with ordination. We had him on the ordination council for the pastor. That Wednesday night he come by here and for the first time in his life the Holy Ghost of God slipped in beside of him and said, you're 
Bible says if you love the world, you don't love Him. To me, you're in love with materialistic things of this world. You're too much in love with toys and treasures and all everything else. Too much in love with that stuff. I'm just saying this. You, do, you better get a hold of this. And you better get a hold of this. Well, I looked at the obituary this morning. There's one in the 41. There's one 39. There's another in, in, their, in their early 30s. All slipped out of here. I hope they're saved. I don't know whether they are or not. I can tell you this much. We got this philosophy. Old people's the only ones that die. Are you listening? Are you listening? We're not. Can I ask you a question? If Jesus came right now, would you be ready to go? And what are you, what are you gambling eternity in hell over? Because one second in hell, and you would to God, you would to God you could get out. Or you can dismiss everything I say, but you're not going to dismiss that. But one split second in this world, if you're safe, Hallelujah, to be absent from the vice, to be present. Praise God, what a day that'll be. But for those that are lost, what a day that'll be. This morning, we need to build a memorial. We do this, we signify this. In 1 Corinthians 11, 6, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till He come. We perform the Lord's Supper. It's a symbol of us remembering His body and His blood that was shed comes a visible memorial. Number three, the same memorial was a provision of God, a provision that God wanted us to remember. In Joshua 5.11, they did eat of the old corn of the land after the Passover, unleavened cakes and parched corn in the same day. And the manna ceased on that morrow. And they arrived in the land of victory. The desert diet changed. The desert diet was manna. It's like a little old, like a little old um, wafer. I, I, I likened it much like our vanilla wafers we, we have today, but probably smaller. Something like that. And when they got the land of victory, it stopped because they had corn, they had the fruit of the land. Here's what God's just saying. He said, I want you to remember, I'll take care of you. Hey, parents, wouldn't you like this? Nobody's clothes wore out while they was in the wilderness. Forty years, their clothes never wore out. Now, I don't know what you ladies would do if you had to change dresses every week. You'd have a time. Guess they just swapped them all around because they never wore out. They never was like water or food. God said, I'll provide. I'll provide what you need. He said, I want you to remember that. Oh, I want you to know it was a time that that the thing changed. and It was a scene memorial. But then Joshua done something. Now I want you to be sure to get this. Joshua said, okay boys. I started to get me 12 boys to buy me a pile of stock to take and build you a rock memorial this morning, but I was a little bit too late when the thought hit me. Amen? Delayed reaction. But then Joshua done something. Joshua went in the midst 
of the Jordan River. And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of the Joshua, in the midst of the Jordan. They were secret. They were hidden. They couldn't be seen. What did these stones represent? What did these stones represent? Joshua was saying, these stones represent what God has done in my heart that nobody else can see. Now I want you to look at me. Nothing will change on the outside to something changes on the inside. Your heart, your life will never change until the heart's changed. And the memorials that were set up inside the Jordan River were not seen. When the waters come back, they were hidden, they were covered. Joshua done them for himself. He didn't ask nobody else to do this. You know why? Because I can't do this for you. And you can't do this for me. I can't change nobody's heart but my own. I cannot, I cannot inspect anybody's heart but my own. The only heart I know that's saved is mine. Do you know yours is? This morning, that unseen memorial, the stones left in the river. And the Bible says, Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of the Jordan in the place where the feet of the priests which bear the ark of the covenant stood, and they are there until this day. Something else happened. As he set up those stones, not, that water didn't come back till everybody got through. Nobody was blind. Praise God for that. It's a type of Joshua saying something else. It's a type of Joshua saying. I'm going to put a memorial to what's in my heart. But then he said something else. It's a memorial that the old Joshua's dying and the new Joshua's going to live in the land of promise. Paul said it this way, the old man's got to die. What's he talking about? He's talking about that old Adamic nature, that old man. He's talking about I, that what I used to be, I'm not anymore. I, I used to be a drunk, but I'm not anymore. I'm a Christian. I used to be an adulterer, but I'm not anymore. I'm a Christian. I used to be this, but I'm not anymore. I'm a Christian. It is an inward symbol that the old man's dead, but the, old man, the new man in Christ lives. It's an unseen memorial. I, I'm thankful for that tomb of the unknown soldier. We don't know who they are, but they're being honored. I don't know what's in your heart this morning, but is it a place of honor or a place of dishonor? Is it a place where God rules? Let me say this. You'll never live right until the heart's right. And don't miss this. The heart can never be right till the blood of Jesus has been applied. You know why some folks can't live a Christian life? Because they're not a Christian. 
We've got to stop expecting lost people to live like Christian people when they're lost. They can't. It's not in their heart to. And what's in your heart? Now you take this to the bank. What's in your heart affects your speech, affects every part of your life. What's in your heart, what's in your heart that nobody sees will become will become the visible memorial that everybody sees. Are you listening? If you this morning say, Preacher, I know the day that Jesus come in my heart and saved me by His marvelous grace, that that's hidden will become the visible memorial that you display in every relationship you have, at work, at home, in school. Where I work, they don't know I'm a Christian. I act like everybody else. It may be because you're not. At school, they don't know I'm a Christian. I am, but they don't know it. Why not? Are you ashamed of it? At home, if I were to ask your children, would you be comfortable dying with what mommy and daddy's got? What would their answer be? I wonder. I wonder. So the visible, the visible memorial becomes from the invisible memorial that's in our heart. Because if you're not saved, I'm going to tell you now, that comes out as well. What kind of memorial are we building? I thank God for the Memorial Day celebrating the soldiers because it's bigger than just men and women dying. It's freedom for our country. You say, I don't believe in war. You don't believe in freedom. Okay? Go to Russia. They'll take it from you. Move to Russia. Don't like this country. Leave. Oh, I believe in, I believe in war because I believe in freedom. The bigger picture of the freedom. So I'll stand to her feet. I'll never I close.